There, there will be some that will judge and even condemn. And what's even more detrimental to me, what's even more detrimental than all that is when we judge and condemn ourselves. I don't need nobody else to condemn me. I don't need anybody else to put me down because I'm putting myself down. I'm judging myself. I'm condemning myself. How many people know I just told you the truth? Because some of us sitting here, we condemn our own selves. We'll go back in time and we'll remember things that we did or things we said or things that nobody else knows but us. And we condemn ourselves and God says, wait a minute now. Now remember these judgments that were made and these condemnatory statements made off of an, an initial decision. The beginning decision. But after thorough examination. After further review, things began to change. So, this is part of the faith message, but I'm, I'm, taking, I'm stepping outside the boundaries right now because I want you to hear what happens when you really look at the Scriptures when it comes to after further review and how God wants to help you, how God wants to pull you from heartache, from pain, from, from those things that have bound you. Okay, so after further review, turn to Acts 11, verse 1. And you'll have to forgive me if I read scriptures today because this is the message the Lord gave me. In Acts 11, verses 1 through 10 in the New International Version, the Bible says, And the apostles and the brothers throughout Judea, remember what we're dealing with, and we're still in the, in the confines or in, in, in the within the borders of faith. So hear this message. The apostles and the brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. The Jews looked at the Gentiles as dogs. If you didn't know that, that's just a fact. They didn't look at them as second class. They weren't even citizens. So now they're saying, the Gentiles have received the word of God. They made a decision. Now watch what they did. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised, which is the Jews, believers criticized him and said, you went to the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. We can't believe you did that. We're casting judgment on you. We're going to criticize you. We're going to put you down. We don't care if you stood with Jesus. You were in the wrong. But Peter began to explain everything to them precisely as it has happened. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and I was in a trance, and I saw a vision. I saw something large like a sheep being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds of the air. Now, you have to understand, those things that I just mentioned in reference to a Jew was unclean, was unauthorized. It was not pure. So get this in your mind after further review. The animals of the earth, the wild beasts, the reptiles, the birds of the air. Then I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter. This is coming from heaven. Kill and eat. Now, let me just go on record here saying, God is going to speak to you at the level of your understanding. If all you know is, is 
simple things, God's not going to go outside your boundary of thinking simple things. Let me put it that way. I mean, if, it's, if all you can think of is, is, is food, he's going to deal with food. If, if all you can think about is, is uh, non-complex things, he's not going to take you to areas where you cannot discern certain things. Am I, are you all with me on that? Just like if you taught a child, you don't teach a child at the level of teaching an adult. So follow this. Wherever you are is where God's going to deal with you. So watch what he did to Peter. Here's this food is brought down from heaven, and he says to Peter, kill and eat. Because he knew that stood against the tradition. It stood against the Jewish law. And I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. Proud of his works. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything, and this is what I want to really lean on here. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. After further review, it doesn't matter what man has said. It doesn't matter about man's tradition. It doesn't matter about man's law. If it's not, if God has made it clean, if God has made it pure, if God has set it free, you better believe it's done. Are y'all with me? I'm giving you hope today. I'm giving you hope today. And then he said this happened three times, and then it was all pulled up into heaven again. What are you saying, Bishop? No one. Everybody say no one. No one has a right to call you unclean or unpure or useless. They can say you're useless and you have, you're no good and you're through, you're finished, but that's their opinion. But after further review, God says, I see something in you that's far different than what man sees. I see something far different. I see your capabilities and your abilities, and I see it through your obedience. A man died. I saw a film of a Baptist preacher, and he died. And he said he, he literally had that after-death experience where he went up toward heaven. And he's standing there toward the gates of heaven. And they wouldn't let him go in. Said, you've got to stand here and talk to God. That's what the, the angelic being said to him. You have to stand here and talk to God. I heard this with my own ears. What he, he testified, man must have been 86 years old. And he said he stood there and he said, well, why can't I go in? He said, because if you go in through the gates, you'll never, you cannot come back out. So you need to, if you're going to talk to God, you have to talk to him right here. So he tells God as he's standing there why certain things he should be delivered for. He should be welcomed because of all the works he had done. He started laying out to God all the things he had done. All the many times he called on the name of Jesus and all the good works he had done. The people he had brought in, you know, salvation message. Okay. God says, you're not worthy to come in. He said, because all you've talked about is your works, and your works are meaningless to me. It's your love and it's your obedience. It's your love for, G for, my, for my son. I listened to the whole thing, and I realized we've missed it. We thought it's in legalism. We thought it was in doing certain things. But after further review... The man found out something. He found out that it's all about 
really the simplicity of life. It's about loving the Lord and loving people and loving preaching the message of Jesus and not condemning people. Is this really real that, that I'm talking about? Well, let me tell you something that happened to me this week. I prayed. I got a call that Stacy called or texted my wife and said, Bishop needs to pray for Scott right now. Scott was in bad shape. But let me tell you first what happened. They went in to do some work on his heart. You know what I'm talking about. Went in to do some work on his heart, and he died on the table. He's dead. But when he died, he saw, he said, Bishop, I was in the light. He said, I was in that light. He said, I wasn't standing on the ground anymore. I was floating in the light. He said, and I saw the witnesses. This is coming from Scott. I saw the witnesses. could not see their face because the light was so bright behind them. But I could see their figure. And he said, I heard a booming voice come out saying, you have a choice to make. You can live or you can go with me now. But now if you choose life, you're going to struggle. It's going to be difficult for you. Now, why, why that way? I don't know. Take that up with God. But there's a process you've got to walk through. He said, if you live, you're going to go through a journey, a tough journey. So you have that choice. Either go or you can stay with us. And he looked into the crowd and he saw clearly the face of one man. And it was my father. He saw my daddy standing there with his arms out. He said, Bishop, he said, I've never seen a robe that beautiful. He said, I've never seen a robe that beautiful. He'll be back. When he comes back to church, good Lord willing, he'll be able to tell you this himself. But it's what I'm talking about today. After further review, the doctor says you're dead, but God says you can live. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So Stacy calls me after this uh, in emergency. You got to pray for Scott. So I get him on the phone, and he can't talk. He's in excruciating, debilitating pain. Can't function pain. She said, you need to pray for him. And he's, he's, I can hear him moaning in the background, but he can't talk. So I started to pray. <clears throat> And as I started to pray, I got into it about just a few words into it. I heard him saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. At the end of the prayer, he said, Bishop, when you started to pray, the pain left immediately. He said, I'm talking about immediately the pain was gone. I'm trying to build somebody's faith here today from one of you, one of our family members. This happened to them this week. They, they saw heaven. They walked where angels walked, and they also went through a struggle, but God brought them through it. I don't know if y'all are happy, but I am. Because God doesn't fail me. When I call on the name of the Lord, He's there. Brother Kenny, I'm telling you, you already heard it probably from Brother Scott, but he said, man. So you wonder, does God care? Is God cognizant of you? Does He... Does he see you in your daily activities and daily struggles? Let me say this. 
God is observant. He knows about you, he cares about you, and he loves you. And no matter what you've done, after further review, he says, I'm letting you live. You see, no one has the right to call you useless or unclean or impure. Only God can make that final statement. In Jeremiah 31, verse 34, please indulge me in the King James Version. And, after they, and, and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor. And every man his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I, this is the verse I want, the part of the verse I want you to hear. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more after further review. So no matter how bad you have been, I don't care how bad you've been. I've heard people tell me how mean and bad and how terrible they were. I don't care. You weren't no worse than Peter or Paul. After further review, somebody's under the hood. That's what they say in football games. Referee's going under the hood. Well, under the hood is our Savior. And he said, I'll remember your iniquity no more. This is what the, the verses I'm giving you is what popped into me today as I was thinking on this. He said, I'll remember their sin no more. Then he took me to Romans 8, 1 through 4. There is therefore now, now, now in the present time. There is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. No matter what you, where you've been or what you've done or when he accepts you, you're accepted. Now, man will judge you. Man will tell you you're unqualified. And man will disqualify you. But God, if he qualifies you, no one can disqualify what he qualifies. No man can say you're unworthy if he says you're worthy. And if God says you're going to make it, I defy anybody to say you're not going to make it. There's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of Christ of life, for the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made us free from the law of sin and death. After further review, at the close of the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, the Covenant, he said, after further review, I've got a new and a better way. I will remember your sins no more. And it's not through works of righteousness, but it's because of faith. You wonder faith? Here it is. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Hear me, church. Salvation is not a one-time thing. Salvation is a journey. And the only way you can walk this path is by faith. You have to walk it and live it by faith. Quit being angry. Quit, quit, quit having foolish thoughts. You need to just put those things aside and realize those things you're worrying about, there's no reason to even worry about it. Because what will be is exactly what's going to be. What God has sanctioned is going to happen. I've said it to my wife a hundred thousand times. If God has said it, it's going to happen that way. And if it doesn't happen the way I think it should happen, then God has a plan. I don't know what it is, but he has a plan.
Oh, I can tell you incident after incident, I thought there was a mistake made. But there was no mistake. God had a plan. Jimmy, he had a plan for you one day when you called me about Charlotte, North Carolina. I said, don't go there. And immediately, God started to bless that young man until he went to the top of his, the pinnacle of his business. But it didn't look right in the time. I mean, my God. But after further review, I thought about ministering a message. I've said things in private that God has heard. I started talking about children. I started talking about reaching the youth. And Megan, she's sitting right back there. She came to me last Sunday and started talking about a program that she's involved in already and already has all the connections and is all set to do it of opening up for all the summer camps for, for kids that she has for years have established a, a, a client base and bringing them and their parents into this church. That's because of a message, because she heard it, and it will come to pass. It will be a phenomenal program. I'm going to activate some things here. But that, to me... As after further review, we were wondering how in the world we're going to reach youth. There it is right there. All summer long, class after class after class after class after class. God's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. So the only way you can walk this path of, of, of salvation is by faith. And only faith in God is that final review. Only faith. Nothing else matters. say nothing else matters. I'll prove it. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by, 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 into this grace wherein we stand. You don't have the grace without faith. And you rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Then he says in Ephesians 2, 4 through 10, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. And it is by grace that you are saved. But you can't have grace without faith. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in, heavenly, in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Where are you seated now? In heavenly realms. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For here it is. For it is by grace that you are saved. Through, through, through faith. And this is not from yourself. You didn't do it. It is a gift of God. It is a gift of God. And the Baptist preacher died, he needed to read these verses. Not by works, lest any man should boast. Is that what it says? So that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. That is who we are. I'm not going to tell God how good I am when I know I'm not, I'm, in my eyes, I'm nothing. I've preached thousands upon thousands of sermons in my life. I've prayed for multiplied, I don't know how many people my hands have touched across the world. I just don't know how many people I've even reached 
You think I'm going to go to God and tell him how great I am when he says, that's nothing, son. What means to me is, have you been obedient? Have you done what I asked you to do? So I'll pose that question at you today. Are you doing what God wants you to do? Do you feel like you're on a mission? Do you think that your mission is far greater than just attending church? We're created in Christ Jesus, which God prepared us in advance for us to do. But when the enemy, the enemy's going to come. I don't care who you are, the enemy's going to come. I told Christian Daniel that today. He said, man, I've had it tough. Been rough. I said, but there's a reason it's tough and it's rough. Because you're about to walk into some blessing and promise. Am I right? Call us, that's just the way it is. If you're going through a difficult time, there's a review coming. And after further review, if you stood in obedience, God's going to bless you. Make no mistake of that. Someone said, you know what reason I go to church? Because I want my talents to be used. Well, I'm going to tell you, that's not the reason to come or be a part of a church. Your reason here is to worship the living God, no matter if you're sitting back there in the back or if you're up on this stage. It's to worship the living God and hear a word from Him. Anybody comes to me and say, I'll come to your church if you'll put me on stage. I'll say, you need to find another place. Y'all may not agree with me. But that's the way it is because if that's why I put you up here, there'll be no spirit in what they do. But the enemy comes at you, man. The enemy will come, boy, he'll blister you. Tasha, he'll blister you. But as I thought about that this morning, the Lord reminded me. In Isaiah 59, 19, King James. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. Now watch this. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. The Lord is going to lift up a standard. He's going to stalk, bring a halt. To his flood. My God. Has anybody else in here had that happen for them? Where everything seemed like a flood was coming after you. But here's God stepped in. So what are you trying to say, Bishop? The enemy works at us. He needles us. He picks at it. I can say enemy. I can say life circumstances. Sees us at our lowest point and tries to crush the very life out of us. At our very lowest point, he will start to talk to you. And many of y'all will agree with this because you've heard it. He will voice your shortcomings. He'll start voicing your inadequacies. And he'll point you down a road of total defeat just by mentioning certain things. But then, after further review, steps in our Savior. You see, I can see in, the, in, in heavenly places different ones that have gone on that have stood at the throne of God or at the, at the judgment seat of Christ. They've stood there and, and the prosecutor is in place and the prosecutor has all the facts about Ron Tyson's life, about Kenneth Williams' life, about Mike Cronin's life, about Jimmy Gross and Peg Gross's life, Alan Meshagan's life. He's got the prosecutor's got it. Who do you see the prosecutor? The enemy, Satan himself. He's got all the facts. And he talks to the 
to the judgment seat of God himself and tells how bad Alan has, how bad Butch has been, how bad Christian and Valerie has been. And that took a book to put out Valerie's. And he says, you know, this is what he's done. God, he cannot come into heaven. He cannot be, he cannot receive your riches and your glory. He's not worthy. But then the defender of my soul, Jesus Christ, steps up. And he says, wait a minute. Father, after further review, I remember shedding my blood on a cross at Calvary. And because of that shed blood, their righteousness is not of themselves, but it's of me. They're free. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed. After further review, you're not guilty, and I set you free from bondage. So you see, my faith is not in works. So anybody start telling me how good they've been and what they've done, I won't even listen to them. My faith is built on the one who makes the final review. What do you mean? Well, the doctor says, you're going to die. But the man under the hood is looking. And after further review, he says, you're going to live. Your friends say, you're not going to make it, but you can't make it. But after further review, the master, he says, you're going to make it all the way to the end. And look at it this way. You're not going to die until you die anyway. Why are you worried about it? You're not going to be defeated until your feet are cut off. Y'all catch that in a minute. Your motion is going to keep going. You're going to keep on living. Friends say you're not going to make it. How about your family? That's the worst one. Your family comes to you. Your wife says curse God and die. Well, who woman in her right mind would do that? Job's wife did it. So whenever the enemy comes to you like that in any form, you just say, I hear what you're saying, but let me just tell you what the final voice, the further review has said. He says, my child is guiltless. But I know Jeff. He's, he's guilty. God, he's guilty. And God says, I don't see what you see. Because you see, he has separated our sin as far as the east is from the west. He said, I will take your sin, that scarlet, and turn it as white as snow. So I said, well, Lord, What's this all about? He said, well, when all these people say this, read them, Ezekiel 16, 6. And when I passed by you, I saw you polluted in your own blood. And if you look at an original, he said, I saw you polluted kicking around in your own blood. You had an untimely birth. You were born out and thrown out in the field. That's what he's talking about. Polluted in your own blood. And I said unto you, Thee, when I pass by, you in your blood, live. Yea, and I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. That's what God's saying to you today. Kicking around in your own blood. Not living a good life. Not living the, the abundant life. Not being happy. Not, not having joy anymore. It's time to kick that bad habit. 
and realize he's given you a far better way. I'm almost through. So what are you saying? My faith is found on the solid rock, Jesus Christ. And everything else, as the old song says, is sinking sand. This is why we must have faith in the one who has the final review, the further review. The one that has the last word. This kind of faith cannot be produced in the head. It's a faith that has to be created and built in the heart. But let me say this. The law of faith, which we've been talking about, works. The law of faith works 